Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this episode, there's something I need you to do. Not not just me, a load of people need you to do. Um, because of the because of the pandemic that we're in right now, a lot of industries are dying, and that includes the comedy industry. Yes, we know that the government has said they're going to put in 1.5 billion into the arts. However, that does not include comedy venues. So please, if you can. Please look up where your nearest comedy club is and if they have anything online, like for example live videos and live performances, please subscribe and buy them if you can afford it because they need all the money they can get. Also, there's a link in the description of this podcast with the open letter that you can sign for saving live comedy. Um, That's all from me. Now, please welcome comedian and promoter Mark Bergwood. Like, since we last spoke, like, so much shit has happened. Yeah, quite a lot. um, Where do we begin, first of all? I I listened to that podcast you suggested. uh, Yeah. Which was interesting, certainly interesting. I I, I don't know him too well anyway, so it's hard for me to form an opinion on him. Mm. Um, And I don't like to do that with people I don't really know that well. I don't think that's really fair on them. But obviously, this was the whole comedy collective, him being chucked off of it because of a... Which I completely made. disagree. I completely disagree. No, I said do I, actually. And actually, the reasoning behind it was really silly. And the guy you banned him turned out to be a proper creep anyway. So. Well, allegedly. We don't know for sure. Well, yeah, allegedly, but yes. We don't so we have know to for sure. Allegedly. It's all allegedly. Like... No, so it, was, it was basically, it was some comic had put... They need acts for their 16-year-old daughter's birthday or something. And then he tagged in a comic who has allegedly been done for sexual assault. Um, but that was a... But and he did it as a you, joke. Obviously, I, got, I yeah. get the joke. Yeah. And then considering the people who are like... And what I don't think is very fair is the comedy collective screenshotted things you shouldn't say or you'll get banned. And he's yeah. one of them. And his responses were alongside some actual creepy responses that people who should be kicked off. Because if you actually listen to his whole thing, like he's like he doesn't like all the free speech comedians and talk about nonsense about freedom of speech. And, but at the same time, he thinks that you need to give people a chance to sort of redeem themselves, which I agree with. Actually, I think I think if people need to learn from their mistakes, mistakes and. I don't think she'd be judged on a tweet you sent, like, I don't know, five, ten no, years God ago. No, God, no. Yeah. So he made some interesting points. It certainly certainly got me thinking about it a bit more because I've tried to really stay out of it because uh, mm. it's such a toxic subject in comedy at the moment, the council culture. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed the ones who seem to be talking about council, um, council culture a lot are, like, the straight white men. And it's like, I'd be really interested to hear from other people who have been cancelled from other backgrounds. So it's, do you know what I mean? Because it, it, it just, I'm not saying they are like that, but it appears on the surface that, you know, it's like comics who are maybe in more privileged positions in terms of group the grouping they're in mm. that are otherwise complaining about. I'd be very interested to see if there's any comics like 
sort of minority groups who have been cancelled. I'm sure they have been, but I want to see sort of a diversity of opinion a bit. I want to see sort of like a diverse, in order for me to really understand if this is the thing or not, I'd like to hear from a different broad range of people as possible on this. So again, I can't have too much of an opinion on it. Well, yeah. cancel culture it's, is definitely a thing. It, it, yeah. You can give me that article you want, Mark Bergwood, but it is, defin- it is definitely a thing. Because obviously I've heard him talk about it, but the only sort of other people I've heard talk about it are like Constantine kissing, and, and for a lot of reasons, I, don't, I, I sort of disagree with a lot of what he says. Cause yeah, it was I like, disagree with a lot of what Constantine kissing yeah. says, but I don't disagree with his right to say what he says. No, 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 absolutely not. And, and I would never for one sort of suggest that, but this idea that, you know, people are being sort of, he, he talks about freedom of speech like it's out of fast, like, you know, oh yeah, a lot of these people talk about freedom of speech as if, you know, they've been censored so much that here is, here is my YouTube channel with one million subscribers. Well, in his it's case, like, here's my podcast where I, was, where, I was, where I can say what I want. This is what I mean, this is the whole freedom of speech nonsense, is that actually, you can say what you want, and there are nights that will allow you to say what you want. I've been to those nights, and I've been to other nights which have a more stricter ethos. My night has a stricter ethos, but my whole attitude is, well, you know, there are other nights around. If you don't like my night, don't apply for it. That's fine. I don't mm. care. Do, like, actually, it's, it's interesting because another comic, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't think it's fair, but he had a sort of a joke. Well, t- um, tell me that comic afterwards. Tell me the name of the comic he, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, but he had a joke about um, stepping on Easter McVeigh's neck. And it was like, how, I don't know where you stand on Easter McVeigh, um, preferably on her neck. And I think it's quite funny because it's like, is she evil? Like, she's, anyway, but he, I was like, I'm not sure because of the whole George Floyd thing recently. I just think you got, people can take that the wrong way. And, and so I, I think, and so in the end, he didn't say that joke and he understood it because I had quite an open conversation with him before the gig. And I was like, Oh, this is on your gig, was it? Yes, so my gig. He did actually say, he actually, do you know what? He was really decent. He was really decent. And he spoke to me before I went, I've got this joke. And he told me, and we discussed it. And I was like, yeah, because of the George Floyd thing, you know, the imagery of standing on someone's neck is probably not something audiences want to visualise at the moment. Yeah, and no, I, I, right I, I, and I know this context of things, but I do also feel like there's consequences to things to say. But do you know what was really nice? He came up to me beforehand and talked to me, and I actually really valued that because... Well, the comic, that Yeah, the comic that did it. So I'm actually praising him. I think he's... Uh, and he ended up doing a really good job anyway. Good. Um, yeah, and, and, and actually, I, I sort of respect that because he he was decent enough to do that. Mm. Um you know, but it's just like, you know, we've been to gigs where I, I always go, I always use six examples of that homophobic guy. Uh, I thought, spoke about that to someone yesterday the other day, actually. Who we thought, who we thought was gay. We thought that was, and, and so did Rossett, David Lewis. We all thought, yeah, he must, <laughs> he's going to come out and say he's gay any minute now. And it was just a I mean, it wouldn't have made the joke any funnier. It would oh, have no, just... no, no, it wouldn't have, but it wouldn't be seen as, as offensive. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, and then, then, there's other gigs I've been to where people, like, I went to a dark comedy night where someone told an out and out rape joke, and it was fucking horrendous. Put it, put it this way, it was such a horrendous joke, and it was like the sort of thing, it was like the sort of thing, it was like a 
poor version of a Jimmy Carr joke. That's the sort <laughs> of thing. It was uh, that's it. It was like he didn't write it as well. So it, it, it seemed like he'd stolen bits of offensive comedians and pieced. And actually, the MCs all spoke and went, "Look, this is a dark comedy night." But you know, when you're talking about victims of right, you can make certain jokes like that dark. But when you're when the victims are about the joke, it's actually quite horrific. Anyway, that was my fault. I said it was a dark comedy night, but there's even still subjects that you, you best advise, uh, um, avoid. But that was my fault. I didn't make that clear enough. And the guy told him to fuck off. And and then you he told went, me you told me about this. So I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he went well, get out my gig. Then I've given you an opportunity. I, I've I've been nice about it to you, but. He so should have I taken think, the mug, man. He should have just taken the mug, shouldn't he? Yeah, I know. So, so I, 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 I just think I've seen examples of where people talk about censorship, and I don't think it's as bad as they make out. And the J.K. Rowling thing, the whole transphobia stuff recently, and Graham Lennon as well. It's like they, they go on about being cancelled, and it's like you're not. You still well, have millions of listeners. Yeah. They, well, J.K. Rowling is definitely not being cancelled. Like, no, but she talks about council culture as if it's a really proper, like, it, I, I just think the people that are doing that are often people who are in very privileged Privileged positions. powers and privileged, a lot of them are in privileged positions and yeah. who are unlikely to get, because of how much money they have and how much influence they have, they're well, unlikely to get cancelled anyway. You know, I want to hear from the people who are trying to make it and have been cancelled and can't quite make it, but then obviously you don't hear from them. But no, I I want to hear from those types of people who are, like, trying to make it in comedy but can't because of certain hurdles. Not people who are already massive success. Like, Brian Lennon is not going to cry too much over being banned on Twitter. He's making it. He'll probably end up having a TV show out of it. And like, don't get me wrong, Father Ted was a brilliant piece of TV. I absolutely love that show. So is IT crap. He's, he's, he's I a good writer. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's it? It's that example of um, you, can, you can value the art, not the artist. It's that type of thing. Like, you can still appreciate what they've written and that's always going to, mm. people still going to remember that. Funny you say that though, because I can't listen to Lost Prophets anymore. Yes, that's actually an example. I cannot listen to Lost Prophets. That's an example. I saw them live. Yeah, I saw them live as well, and and it just yeah, I get that. So that's the one thing where I make an exception because of the crime that was involved. Mm. It wasn't about saying something; it was about doing something that was probably the worst thing you could ever do. Yeah, and that's that's like, kind of my line. I've kind of figured out that because of the whole Kasabian thing that's happened yeah, recently. That as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My line is where I can't listen, where I can't go back, and I can't listen to or watch your shit anymore. Is if it turns out you're fucking kids. Well, what about okay? So what about um, Michael Jackson? I mean, I know things were. To be honest, man, I didn't have much Michael Jackson stuff anyway on my on my playlist. No, I love Michael. I love. I know, Michael, I'm, saying, I know I'm saying I didn't have any Michael like a lot of Michael Jackson stuff on my playlist anyway. Right. Yeah. So it was not really. I didn't listen to that much anyway, so I don't really listen, I don't have him on a playlist now. And a big one for me, though, was R. Kelly. So oh, I God, don't yeah. have any R. Kelly music on my phone anymore. Oh, that's, that, it's, it's interesting where people's lie, lines are, because there's been certain accusations about David Bowie as well, okay. about him 
David Bowie. There's again, been I don't, again, I don't have any. Again, I don't have I mean, any. I mean, I'm giving examples <laughs> about the skin of my example. I still listen to yeah. those people, even though there's been certain accusations and stuff. Problem is, with Michael Jackson, David Bowie, there was never any proof actual things actually happened, but but there was accusations like mm. David Bowie slept with underage um, groupies, and that Michael Jackson shared bed with kids. Or what? What? Yeah. What? Whether and these are all allegations, and so it's hard. Like, are we going to stop listening to? Um, it's. I, I think what people say and how people act is different, and I, I think everyone will have their own line. Everyone, you know, there'll be people that will refuse to watch the IT crowd uh, because of Graham Lillard's views on trans people, but there'll be equally people who won't give a shit about that. So I think I think count accounts culture and and free speech and. It's always going to be divisive, but I don't mm. think we're going to get to a point where people will be totally censored. I think the internet mm. is too free for that. I think there are too many nights that won't let that happen. Mm. And so it's not something I'm worried about anyway. Well, I think it's 99 percent of the time. Like, I'm not advocating, the, I'm not like backing the free, the free speech comments really at all. But they all seem to understand that, that yes, you have the right to say, you have the right to say what they want to say. But also, the people in the audience have the right to react how they want to react to what they said. Yeah. So, I don't know. What I don't like is, and, and quite a few of these make out like they've been uh, victims of like a witch hunt and they've not been given a fair trial and they've done nothing wrong. And it's like, okay, the Nazi pub guy, you really need to watch his talk. I've seen it. Thing. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what I don't like about the documentaries, the way the BBC did it, they did the extremes of both. Mm. And whereas, as I, th- I think, as you said, the majority of people are somewhere in the middle. Like, dude, they which stitched is where... up Steve McLean so much in that. Yeah, I sat, I spoke to him a yeah, few times did. in Edinburgh about it, and he just said, yeah, they, um, they he sat down for like a 50-minute interview. Yeah, yeah and they sat, he sat down for like a 50-minute interview and then edited it down to three fucking minutes. So they're going to get the shouting most. At, yeah. Shouting at him. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's funny, like, because um, obviously James Ross was on there before, and I'm quite good friends with James. And James said, this is why I refused to interview the Nazi pug guy, because I know what the BBC will do. Because oh. he, 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 like, I'm not saying it was Steve McLean's fault. He said it wasn't at all. It was like, he knew exactly how the BBC would frame it. Yeah, and because it was a docu- it, was, it was it wasn't just a documentary by the BBC. It was a documentary by the Nazi Park by um, what's his name? Argod of Sakot. What's his name? The Nazi Park guy. It? It's about it's oh fuck. It's made by people. It's made. It's made by people who are in his little circle. Yeah, so it was exactly. made and produced by them. I mean, the BBC brought it, but it was made and produced. Well, I believe yeah, exactly. it was made and produced by them. To clear yeah. his name, so yeah, exactly. there was a and the BBC gave him a platform for that, and it's just like the irony of you saying that you're censored, yet you're on the BBC. I, I just find it. It's like, can you not? See, you know exactly. Like, I just think they knew exactly what they were doing as well, and it's like, and what I don't like. I think the problem is we draw attention to it so much is that we end up giving these people a bigger platform than we should be because. We're making so much of it, so I think there's a little bit on that as well. It's like it's like they want us to be outraged. They I mean, want us. Well, and it, and it, I start that the more oxygen you give, I think 
the more the more they can thrive. And it's just well, like yeah, like I even though I'm not a fan of the Nazi Pub video, the reason it got the response it did is because it, re- it for whatever reason it re- it made headlines. Yeah, it did. So it's like I don't think he expected the reaction he got, but when he got it, he kind of was riding that wave. And, and, fair, and you like, know what? In a way, I'm not fair play to him for it. He wanted a reaction. He got the got rea- it. he got a reaction. He got he got he got he got the reaction. And but I just think he he knew exactly. And but I think I think there's said let there's a lot to be said for the way we act on social media. And mm. this is why it's like I really don't like to. I used to get sucked into arguments all the time on social media, and the problem about that is a rabbit hole you can't get yourself out of. Yeah, man, you got like you got to have a. Certain, I've realised this. Like, there's got to be like at least once a year where you got like to come off it for like for a week. Or yeah, so. yeah. Actually, I, I I keep saying I'm going to do that, but I, I sort of never do. Oh, dude, you got because... a night to you got a gig to promote. So. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got, I got night to promote. So it's even more, especially now everything's online. It's, it's mm. made it even more important. Um, How's the gig going, most... by the way? Yeah. So I, um, I mean, obviously, we were never going to get as many people as we do on the actual night, but we get like twenty people in, which is fantastic for an online gig mm. at open micish level. Um, the thing I'm trying to work on at the moment is trying to raise funds to get a headline because what I want to do, I want because what I want to start because last April, as much as we got amazing, we got everyone, you've been on it, everyone, you know, we've got brilliant acts on it. We that was my residency for a bit, wasn't it? Your residency, yeah. <laughs> you love to say that. You say that with Gary Michaels, you know, I got a residency. <laughs> Well, for that one, I technically did because every Monday I'd do the sound and I'd have a spot there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I'm just messing. But yeah, no, it's like I we we were known for our sort of uh, big headline acts, mm. so that's what I'm sort of trying to work on. Because I think you know, there's the whole save live comedy thing. I was going to come on to that, yeah. Yeah, but I th- I think what's I think a lot of people seem to be sort of not. They, they're thinking about venues, great, and but also the self-employed comedians mm. that have lost income as a result of COVID. It's like I want to do stuff for them. I want to give sort of a self-employed comedian who's disabled or mental health or whatever part of my ethos. I want to give them like a headline spot because I want to give them some work because. Uh, but I don't want to insult them by not being able to pay the much. So that's another thing. We we do the whole donation thing at the end of the night, but we're not touching anywhere what we, you know, you know. Of course not, because get... it's, it's not, you're not getting the experience of live comedy. No, you're not. I mean, in all fairness, I try to, and there's something I think Carl Wallace said to me, and his, his nights are doing really well as well. It's like, as much as it's not the same, you need to treat it as if it's the same. He said, I know it's hard because, like, the problem is the more you make out, like, how weird this is that you're at a gig, uh, that you're doing an online gig, the more people will be like, oh, my God, this is weird. Whereas if you just mm. try and go at it, do your set, whatever. Like, I try to get people to clap. You know, I unmute the settings. I, I have a spotlight setting on um, on Zoom. I'm trying to play about with different things. I'm doing more interactive parts of my set, like I'm doing PowerPoint stuff. That's why I think Ian Lane would, for instance, be great at headlining my night because mm. he has a whole 
PowerPoint thing to be said anyway. But that's the thing. So I'm trying to be creative about it. And I have to say, it, it, it scratches an itch, mm. if I can do like, it. it it's, not, it's not as amazing as the actual thing, but it still it, it, it feeds a craving. Mm. It really does. So I, I can't not do it. Although I, I, like, I, I was trying to do it weekly and finding audience should dip in and and i was like well i never did it the reason it's not as because i didn't do it weekly before i did it monthly so maybe i should just stick so i'm going to start to stick to do these virtual nights once every few weeks rather than once a week because i think that was too often so hopefully i'll join more audience hopefully i can start doing some crowdfunding there's talk mm. I'm, I'm gonna do stuff like that to try and get headline acts in have, um, um, have there been conversations about bringing the night actually back into the place yeah so i spoke with Rhonda, who runs a lot of events at, shout out to um, Rhonda. yeah she's been so supportive of the whole thing and she basically said was well at the moment people can go to library but only to like get out of book and you have to pre or you have to like pre-order the book and they give you it and that's mm. it like in terms of events they reckon they're not going to be open until um october november okay like so, so at least they've given you a time frame man that's yeah it's a time frame but it's like i am going can you to... could you think about doing so is there like a car park near the nearby well you might not want to do it in like a car park or anything, but like... Yeah, not in a car park in Ilford, I think we're going to do it. That's a death wish for most comics. Um, but uh, no, um, okay, so I can't really say too much at the moment. Ah, uh, so you got something planned. Okay. I've got something, but the only reason I don't want to say it now in case it doesn't happen. Yeah, um, I know. It's like, hey, Phil. I've got, basically, I've got meetings with another promoter about potentially doing a joint gig outdoors i don't know how viable that's going to be but do you know the promoter uh, sorry do you know the promoter quite well yeah i'll tell you i'll talk to you about it yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah yeah but yeah it's, it's like it, it will plan in maybe august time but like we don't know yet this is all very preliminary but so we're and and there's been a lot of talking comic on uh comedy collective about london promoters meeting up and uh talking about doing outdoor gigs working with each other to do that so i think because now this whole outdoor theater thing you're allowed to do outdoor theater um so i think comedy i think us comics are trying to find a way around that and a lot of promoters mm. are so um i know south kensington's doing a gig in july as well so uh, yeah the gong show on the boat yeah the gong show on the boat i did the online gong show one i won the online yeah, gong show i was amazing at that but I was like, it was like, it was like, not only was it a gong show, it was online. So I was like, this is going to be like terrible, but it was actually a lot better. Um, but I can't do the, I really wanted to apply to do the boat one, but I'm going to be away that weekend. So uh, what about you? Are you, are you, um, would you do outdoor gigs or are you still would waiting? I do, yeah, I would definitely do it. Would, would I, wait, would I set one up or would I, well, both, would, I just, would I perform one? Yeah, of course I'd perform one. I used to go to the outdoor theater like quite a lot of my grandparents and stuff so when I was a kid. So um, yeah, I definitely have to. I'd happily do that. Because I'd also know you, you. You had an. It was a real shame because you were about to set up uh, about as yeah, well. Yeah, me is like I'm not gonna say too much about what about the gig that I, me and Ben are. In yeah, Limbo you with and Ben Because yeah, yeah, we it's we're we're discussing we are sort of discussing options right now yeah discussions are there's discussion options in a minute because 
what we want to do is you were on the lineup and we want to keep the lineup sort of the same as much as possible. Yeah, of course. But we there's a few things that we need to sort out first, obviously, because of the venue and you know yeah. what Yeah, there's a lot what, of things organized that you have to re look at again yeah. and that's I think probably a lot of promoters are finding at the moment but I think because it is a creative industry we are be a uh, lot of people are being very again very creative yeah uh, well, about you, it, have but, to, well, you have to yeah. like people I can't are wait sick and tired and we're all fed up and more importantly there's people out there who have lost so much money and are going to continue to lose money yeah so they need to get like- it wherever they can Exactly. So um, I know there's been so many sort of self-employed comedians, again, on various comedy groups, again, if any of you do it out on gigs, let me know. I would absolutely love to do one for you because there's, you know, like, because last time I spoke to you, you were like, oh, I'm probably not going to do a gig till the new year. But obviously that's changing well, now, yeah. Like, that was your we, last. We weren't, none of us were, none of, well, the reason I said that is because I did, in my short sight, or my mental short-sightedness didn't see outdoor gigs as a viable thing but then like you look at people do you look at comedians doing open-air football stadiums and I was like of course it can work outdoors of course it can but there's a lot of factors that you need to get that would need to be in place for it to work properly do you remember were you there that night we performed outdoors because yeah that was yeah um, i opened that gig uh, i yeah, love you that is actually my favorite gig i've ever done really genuinely like because it was just so against the odds so what happened, what happened was we were at the park we were at this um we we're at a night that no longer actually exists yeah and they booked out the part they booked out the upstairs room for a dinner party and it was the dead of winter. It was like the dead of winter. So we had a choice of either a pub corner where the football was playing, or outside in the smoking area. Oh, Luke yeah, was outside is... the smoking area. Yeah. And Luke Chilton emceed it. I opened. It was just so against the odds that I, I was fucking freezing cold room. as well. I was freezing, yeah, freezing cold, but we didn't give a shit. That's the thing. Yeah. And I did it. I did it around the guy during two minutes. Or yeah. That's it. That was fucking beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It was, it was, it was exactly the sort of thing like I'd imagined since I started open my comedy. Like I, like I was waiting for something like this to happen and how I would deal with it. And then it did. I was like, oh, this is actually, but yeah. So, I mean, Fuck it, that would have been perfect with the COVID regulations because there weren't that many people. <laughs> there was social distancing. Yeah. There was, there was, uh, the outdoor space was like no one could, and the gig didn't last that long as well. So it was like, actually, fuck it, a lot of open mics could work like that. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 No, so I, th- I think, I think in all genuine, seriously, I, th- I think we do have to start thinking like that. Because who knows, you might end up getting into a second spike and that will fuck things again. Like, Dude, so. who's saying, I, I know people are saying there's going to be another spike, right? Who's, who's to say that we're not in the second wave at the moment? Yeah, exactly. It's funny how. Who's to say that we're to... not in it right now? Like, yes, 
it's funny just how because we're not been told, has, just because yeah, we're not exactly. been told the facts just because we're not been told the facts of the figures what's yeah. going on doesn't mean that things aren't shielded from us i have a feeling that we are even though we've been told there's, there's a second wave i have a feeling that we're actually in it right now yeah and actually so i find it really interesting that now boris johnson has said for people to wear masks in shops but like, i can sort of see why because oh, I agree with what he's doing, but it's I mean, funny how he said it why, now. I can see why he choose, choose now, because what's happening next week, Mark? Tell me what's happening next week. I don't know what is happening. Next Summer week. holidays. Ah. And with the shops yeah. open properly now, not like they were in Easter, where things were still very much closed. Everything's open now. Yep. It's good. It's. I. I mean, I. I even though even. Even though I don't necessarily like the idea of it, I completely see where they're coming from by doing it right now. Oh no, no, no! I yeah, I I, I agree with it, but it sort of goes along what you said is maybe they know we're in the second spike at the moment. Oh, yeah, so I'm, maybe they oh, do. Man, I'm, uh, I don't want to get like, conspiratorial on you, but I, I think that we are those, definitely. It's those five G phone signals as that's well. It, that's it, man. <laughs> but who are? But like they've um, we've got to. Did you hear on the news? Um, we. The UK has said Huawei's got to be out by 2027. Yeah, it's mad, really. I think that's a bit like, I know obviously China, there's a lot of, you know, human rights violations over there, but it's a bit like, actually, I don't know, five, the benefits of having 5G in Hawaii. I have a Hawaii phone. Uh, my signal's Well, bright. you're already I mean, compromised, yeah. my friend. Probably. Oh, tonight the Chinese government are probably spying on me, but so the UK government. So it's like, actually, considering my political views, Chinese government probably don't mind the shit I post. So I'll be fine. <laughs> like, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's all a bit well going nuts at the moment. But... It is, man. Um, I didn't think it would get this bad for comedy. I genuinely didn't think it would get this bad. Yeah. I think. Like, how is comedy not seen? As an, as an art because it's actually comedy that challenges the, the status quo that, the status quo it's like the reason they don't the establishment don't see it like that is because you think of the best comedy it's like if you think wait i mean the best comedians as well the amount of times they rip into politicians, they rip into, rip into people of power, people of privilege. That's what I love comedy for, because it challenges that. And it's funny how they've gone, no, no, you're not an art, you're not a creative form. And actually, if there was one creative form that people needed, one creative outlet people needed, I'd say it's comedy. Mm. We, would, we would not have all the amazing shows we have. We wouldn't have all the amazing arts we have without comedy. Like... You know, there was a reason there was a whole genre in Shakespeare related to comedy because it's such an influential thing. And for mm. me, comedy's always been a big part of my life when I've been watching. Arguably, it. we wouldn't have been able to. We wouldn't have found out about Bill about the Bill Cosby stuff without comedy. Yeah, because so Hannibal Barris was the one who outed him. Yeah, so comedy exposes. Um, those everyone's power. the universe's flaws, and that's not what's yeah. that's not what those that's in not, charge of us want. No, those in charge want to keep everything calm and normal. And if you have loads of comedians slagging off how bad we're doing, how bad everything is, because it's an outlet. That's what I love comedy. It's an outlet for all the dark shit that builds up, and it's just like, right, I'm mm. gonna fucking joke about this. 
Um, they don't want that. They don't want that because people get pissed off. And that's it. I, I, I just think, yeah, comedy is one of the most underrated, mm. undervalued art forms there, are, there is in this country. And, we can and yet see, people like, crave it. I don't think it's under, well, the general no, population. The general population don't undervalue it at all. However, no, they don't. They don't. But like, I, th I think the people in power do, mm. and I think I think there's a lot of people now actually craving this. So I don't know how that much that petition has got at the moment. That's saying yeah, there's anything. Uh, I'm going to say this at the beginning of the episode, but please log on to Save Live Comedy yes, and absolutely. sign that open letter, please. Yeah, because honestly, there is so many sort of. Um, There's so many. There are so many. Like, forget the Sorrow Theatre, forget the. Um, forget the Square Theatre, forget the theatres. They're going to be perfectly fine. If you yeah. like places like the Comedy Store, Just the Tonic, uh, the Glee Club, the Glee Club, all of these up the creek, all of these wonderful comedy clubs yeah. are going to have to close if things are not done now. Well, it's like the cab had a big sort of uh, thing about, and people say what you want about the cab, but it's a lot. Yep. It's and we all people, have. <laughs> we all have. We have many opinions of the cab, but actually, it's, it's where people started. A lot of people I started. Is a, I've said this it's recently, great. like that the cab is such an institution that if we lose, we, we're not going to lose it because they've raised the money. But if we did lose the cab, that would be a real blow to the London comedy circuit, not just the open mic circuit, even though it is primarily an open mic slash mm. musical pub. It would just yeah. be such a blow to the comedy circuit in general. Yeah, and I imagine it, 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 it's really interesting because I've, I've been chatting to a few comics outside of London as well saying uh, they're, they're experiencing maybe even worse stuff because there's some there were some nights in up north and Midlands that were just up and coming that were just starting to get going, and it all went to shit because of fucking COVID. And it's just like, but it's interesting as well. It's like I mean, I wouldn't. I'd say to people, yes, sign the open letter. But also, if you Don't see a money. venue, if you, yeah, if, if you, you see if a venue, yeah, if you if, yeah. if you go to if you have a comedy conference near you, like say the comedy store or just a tonic. If they've got yeah. live things go, if they've got live videos that you can download and pay for, do it. Yeah, absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. And also, again, I would say this as well, self-employed comedians who are finding it hard, if they have a thing about a lot of them do buy me a coffee, if they're going to put yeah. on a live video, and just do it. Just support Yeah, that's it. Subscribe to the Patreon, like, subscribe, um, subscribe yeah, to the Comedy Club live, live things. Because I like me, me, me and you are in this sort of position where we have full time jobs, so we'll we're gonna get through. We're this gonna like me and you, even though we'll I did lose a bit of money because of putting it into the comedy night that didn't that didn't happen in the end. We're yeah. gonna be fine. So we yeah. are in a position to actually give money, and I have been given money. So if oh, yeah, you so are high. in our yeah. position, please, please give money to. A comedian that you know that you know is our work or a comedy club that's exactly. doing live stuff just yeah and i think and i think that's what would be that's what that's what everyone could be doing to help in at the moment sharing liking donating i know i've signed up to a couple of comedians patrons as well uh there's that next up comedy as well I need where, to have, like, uh, you, you see i'm 
I'm a guy, oh. even though next up's a good thing, I can't watch specials. Really. What do you mean you can't watch specials? I mean, I can't physically watch them, but actually the actors, unless it's like someone who I know has done it in like a way that makes it look like you're in a comedy club, I can't sit down and watch my, my attention span just like kind of goes because of oh, the, yeah, yeah. Because of the, the I've just I've just learned from going to watch so much live comedy and also being on the circuit that you just can't pick up that feeling from a camera. Mm. The closest, yeah. the, the two closest that have come to it are um, Adam Rose special, which put out this year, and um, Rob Mulholland's special. Both of them are on YouTube, and both of them are phenomenal. And yeah, mm. those two are the I, only ones who I've sat down yeah, and been yeah. able to watch the whole way through and laugh. Other ones, including not the last special that Dave Chappelle did, but one before that, I had to stop a few times just to go and do other stuff. Wow. Anyway, that's a lot. <laughs> like the three <laughs> specials are Adam Rose, Rob Mullins, and also Dave Chappelle's most most recent one, which basically wasn't even a comedy special, it was more like a sermon. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It was great. I loved it. Like, but yeah, so like, but also, so I, I will. The only reason I speak up for next up comedy is because what's in. I don't speak up for it. I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. just in that headspace. Yeah, so I can't that, do it. Any you click on, you, you go watch like the Tony Law specials on there. Tony Law for me is one of the most phenomenal comedians. He's a yeah, lovely guy as well. He's a genuine guy, yeah. And like, when you, but when you click to watch, they get money just by you watching. Hmm. Uh, by you viewing it, they oh like, yes, the subscription like six quid a month. But like I've been doing Netflix, which I'm sure everyone has done Netflix to death. Fucking go do, do that. Like I don't know. I just I just feel at the moment it's just we've got to find there's so like, much that we can do, but there's so much we're not doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think the problem is people in power. As much as we can sign this open letter, I'm very pessimistic about them doing anything like the fact that they announced this big arts fund and fuck yeah. all of it was going to comedy it was like yeah that's just all you need to know and I, i'm very pessimistic about petitions as much as i'll sign them and share yeah. them and you absolutely yeah. should my personal view is it's gonna take um, it's gonna take comedy football. community it's, it's it's gonna take people it's gonna take the people the grassroots is going to take everyone from coming together and supporting any out of work comedian they see. I'm not talking, I mean, the big arena comedians, I can't really speak for them. I don't know how much money they've lost or whatever, or how well they're doing or not, but they're always going to find ways to generate money by doing like online TV shows. I mean, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but I often think it's those comedians who are just starting to break out and getting paid work regularly, that I feel fucking sorry for them. People have taken decisions to become self-employed comedian and generate income as a result to then have this happen. I just can't imagine what that's been like for those mm. who've done that. But yeah, I'm sure we can talk about this until the cows come home, I'm sure there's, there's loads of things we can say about it. But I just think message to people is just to support those our work creative people because uh, you know they're the lifeblood of our society and mm. yeah so are nurses and doctors and we've been amazing for them and carers support workers absolutely teachers <coughs> teachers teachers, <laughs> teachers. Uh, yeah no teacher teachers teacher assistants whatever you know what i mean 
they are also so important. We've done so much to help people like that. But also the creatives who give us an outlet, who mm. get us through troubling times. You know, you know, laugh in the face of adversity, all this shit going on. The perfect thing I like to do is sit down and watch comedy. That's how I or perform comedy. That's how I deal with a lot of shit. And I think a lot of people do as well. And so, yeah. as you said, the gen- So that's the end of part one of uh, the interview with Mark Berkwood. If you liked what you heard, then please click up and play part two. See you later. Good.